Okay, so, uh, yeah. There's a lot to talk about. The, uh, I'm, I'm curious for all the, uh, all the people that, that were anti the rally in Washington because of Koichi Vaisi how they're going to deal with Yaakov Avinu and the Ramban. But uh, I don't want to. I don't want to focus on that right now. I want to focus on a different story, which I think, again, there's it, there, there's a lot to learn from it. But you know, I guess it's an important introduction in general before anyone gets a, gets a little uh, carried away and starts uh, marching into Gaza and blowing people up. Um, I'm going to talk about obviously Shimon and Levi with Shechem. Is uh, this this the general idea? And again, this is this is it goes without saying. It's not like something which. Uh, is that when, when things in the Torah are black and white, right? We have a mitzvah, tayag, the Torah says to do something, then that's it, you do it, and, and you know, you do it. There's no question, there's halacha, place can deal with how, what, when, where, why, but that's the, that's the objective. When things are not direct, but things are more concepts and ideas, and you, know, you have to just be a lot more careful, and you need the shikal adas. So like, for example, according to most Rishonim, there is no mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. Mrs. Yeshiva is not a Dindai Raisa, the Rambans maybe is the, obviously a notable exception. So I mean, there's Yisrael, there's Yisrael, right? So, like, you know, I have to say for Kuzri is there's Yisrael. And, and all the Rishayim and Achrayim talk about the importance of Eretz Yisrael. And uh, Rabbi Akiv Emden writes that if you can't go to Eretz Yisrael because you're an Oynus, fine. But if you're not an Oynus, then your davening is done, right? This whole idea of being Mechavan connected with Kashyyyk Adashim is only because you really want to go, but you can't go, so be Mechavan. But otherwise, if you're not there, like. I is not a mitzvah, right? Because even if it's not a mitzvah, that it's, it's a concept in the Torah, it's an important concept, it's tied into... Right? Rabbi Shneir Bern just put out an amazing sefer, it goes through this whole idea. So in other words, my point is that we're going to read a story in Chumash, which is meant to teach us something, but uh, it's but we're not meant to... It, it's, it's not a Shulchan Aruch over here, it's, it's a concept, so... I want to just uh, say that in the beginning because uh, obviously you could get us, you know, you could, you could get led astray. Okay, so what's the story over here? So... Yaakov just finishes his entire story with Esav. Um, he finishes his story with Esav. And, Vatetze Dina Basleya, Shayodol Yaakov, Liris Bivnois Arts. So, Dina, daughter of Yaakov, Basleya, Yodol Yaakov, she's part of the family. Oh, right? She goes, Liris Bivnois Arts. She goes, she wants to see the local girls. Okay, Chazal see that maybe it wasn't good that she went out, but she was, she was Yaakov's daughter and she wanted to, you know. Right, so he was Manasar, and then he liked her so much. It's uh, first he's Manasar, then he says, okay, you know, he wants to marry her. Right, so then, uh, so uh, he tells his father, take for me this yalda. I want her, take her. Right, he said uh, that she. Uh, her says that she should become his wife. Seems to him to depend solely on his will. After all. He is the lord of the manor, and she is merely a foreign Jewish girl. I want her, take her, he takes what he wants, kidnaps her, holds her hostage, holds her, right? And then tells his father, hey, go, go, go ahead and get her for me. Just tell her father, you know. So, the Yaakov Shemakitime Dinavita, Yaakov hears, the Hecherish Yaakov Adboim, Yaakov is quiet. Now, this is an important fact. Yaakov doesn't say anything until his sons, uh, sons are out in the field, and he says nothing. Yaakov Hecherish. Why, why does Yaakov say anything? And it's very clear that had Yaakov been able to do something, he would have. But Yaakov is hechrish because there's nothing he can do. Had he been able to go to a court, had he been able to appeal to their justice and humanity, to negotiate, Yaakov would have done it. He wouldn't have wanted to wait for his sons. But Yaakov is an old man, and they're not going to listen to him, and, uh, and something else needs to be done. And that's the point over here. 
right? Had it been a willingness to listen to the voice of justice, it would surely have been more impressive if the father himself, so if you want to make a passionate, you know, cry, you know, you have to do something, what are you doing? It's terrible what you did, give back the daughter. Yaakov, that would have been fine. We don't need the, the 12 kids, the, the 11, to sit there and make the argument for their father. But obviously, that wasn't going to work. And therefore, the only possible course of action was to resort to force. And so there, he needs his sons. So Yaakov himself is Hecherish, and, uh, which says that there's a, there's a different demand, that the moment demands something else over here. Yaakov's uh, sons come back, they are tremendously pained, right? That even if they, even if they get her back, right? Right? means that this is not something which would have been done. Right? In other words, that why they do this? They did this because she was a Bas Yaakov, because she was weak. Yaakov always denotes Klai Yisrael in a state of weakness. Yisrael, that's Klai Yisrael in a state of strength, in a state of power. Yaakov is in a state of weakness. Right? They took Kinevolos, she was a Lishkav es Bas Yaakov. She was a Bas Yaakov, so they thought they could do what they want. And there's not something which would have been done. Had she been a member of, the, you know, of a powerful family, a member of a powerful nation, they wouldn't have dared do anything. But because she was weak, they felt like they could just do whatever they want to her. And so therefore... Um, you know, they have to, uh, which is amazing, right? So, in other words, he says that this is the first interaction that Yaakov's family has with other nations of the world. And ultimately, we're weak, we're without protection, and the only way that Kai Yisrael can, 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 can get, earn the respect of the non-Jews is through their, their people, they recognize, oh, these are the Jews, these are special people, these are good people, and we have to respect them. He says, but sometimes, he says, sometimes their dignity was violated, and under other circumstances, certainly would never have been done. Shechem would never have dared to do this to the daughter of a full-fledged citizen. It was done to Dina because she was Bas Yaakov, merely a Jewish girl. This affected Bnei Yaakov deeply. Right? Now it's saying, it's fascinating because this comes right after the parish of Esav. In the parish of Esav, we have the story of the Ginah Nasha. Yaakov, Yaakov, and, and because of that, we have a mitzvah, Doni from the Ginah Nasha. Doni from the Ginah Nasha. And that impresses upon Klai the idea is that the strength and the stability in this world, that's to Esav. That's not us. Our success doesn't come from our military power, our success and our stability and our ability to survive doesn't come from being strong and having a leg to stand on, so to speak, but it comes from the Rabbi However, he says, if it came clear to them that there are situations in which they would prefer to take the sword of Esav into their own hands, right? Sometimes they have to take the sword of Esav. And it's interesting, the contrast. Esav just now showed a certain humanity, right? Yaakov comes and Esav wants to kill him, but all of a sudden Esav realizes, he begins to speak softly to Yaakov, and uh, you know, Esav takes the coil of Yaakov, whether it was genuine or not, right? Esav takes the coil of Yaakov. And over here now, Yaakov has to take the Yedei Esav. And that's a fascinating thing. So, he says like this, um, so what they do here is they do a trick, obviously, and they, so first they make an offer, they say, look, everyone get a bris milah. everyone get a bris milah. Now, either they're going to say no, okay, fine, so then give us our daughter back. Or they're going to say yes, and then they're going to be able to, right? So this is like a kind of a good plan. I don't, I don't know if they thought in their wildest imagination that they would agree that everyone in the city should get a brismila, right? And then exactly why they listened, okay, they were the heads of the city, you know, Rav Hirsch suggests, says there's a Lushan here that the city was called Kalyaitse Shar'imai. Yaitse Shar'imai, you know, when you call that people in the city, it's Ba'i Shar'imai, those that come in the city. This is Yaitse Shar'imai. He says it's possible, he says these were probably agricultural. Uh, you know, saw that they went out into the fields. And it could be that Chamar and Shechem, they owned all the fields, and so therefore they felt beholden to them. Whatever it is, they went ahead and they, uh, they, all, they all listened. So what happens? Shimon and Levi come, 
and they completely wipe out the entire city. Okay? Now, Yaakov starts yelling at them. So Yaakov's upset. That's for sure. We're not here to, to, to condone violence. Right? He says, you, 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 you discredited me. You did a terrible thing. You resorted to trickery. You resorted to, to terrible means and violence. You put us in danger. They're going to gang up against me. So Yaakov is very upset at what they did. What they did was wrong. And again, Yaakov is very clear that Shimon Levi, what he did was wrong. You killed everyone. Why do you kill? You want to kill Shechamar and Shechem? Fine, they deserve it. Right? You sit there and now you kill an entire city full of innocent people. Right? How, how do you do such a thing? Now Shimon Levi give an answer to which Yaakov does not respond. And the implication on many of the Achorinim say this, that Yaakov didn't have an answer, that the answer was actually correct. Now, Yaakov is still upset, and we're going to turn in a few minutes to Vayichi, when Yaakov is on his deathbed, and he curses out Shimon and Levi, well, he doesn't curse them out, he says, that they acted in anger, and they killed people that they shouldn't have, and so the means, the way that they did things was wrong, and that Yaakov is very clear. But Shimon and Levi give an answer here, which Yaakov doesn't answer, doesn't answer back, and Yaakov accepts this answer, and what's their answer? Are they going to make our sister like a zaina? And he says, the Lord of the man would never have taken such liberties if the maiden in question had not been a foreign, friendless Jewish girl. This makes Shimon and Levi realize that there are times when even the family of Yaakov must take up the sword in defense of purity and honor. As long as men on earth will respect the rights only of those who have power, Yaakov will have to know how to wield the sword. Uh, will have to wield the sword. Yaakov's sons didn't want to act prudently. They wanted to make others fear them so that no one would ever dare do such a thing to them again. Yaakov's daughters are not left to be vulnerable at the mercy of others. Now, they still committed a crime. They killed people that they shouldn't have done. But I'll call upon him, it's only the methods and the proportions of their actions that made Shimon and Levi deserving of censure, but the motives that catalyzed Shimon and Levi and the purpose they sought to achieve were holy and justified. The spirit that moved them was indispensable for a family that matured into a nation as Yaakov. They had to endure all forms of hardships and humiliations. And yet was called upon to stand tall and persevere by resilience of spirit and nobility of mind in an eternal unparalleled march through the ages. In other words, and again, where this stands practically is very, very complicated. Now, I'm, not here, I'm not here to give practical advice. Right? But in other words, what he says, this attitude of and standing up and having this sort of sense of pride and dignity despite all the terrible things. And sometimes... Right? That's, that's the spirit that he wants Shimon and Levi. That's, 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 the, that's, that's the spirit behind Hachazani Asachazani. Now, exactly how is Shelzais, the violence, right? Yaakov says, look, you put me in grave danger over here, and you did terrible things, and you acted in trickery, and we'll, we'll talk about this more in a minute. But the idea is Hachazani Asachazani. And they felt at this moment that, you know what, that justified taking the day Esav, taking the sword of Esav. Because you're doing this only, if this was a regular world, okay, someone committed violence, okay, it's a terrible thing, but we live within the world, eh? in America, someone came and, uh, and committed a crime in a shul, and this, in Jersey City, it's a terrible thing, but it's part of a society that, listen, these are criminals, but when a crime is committed against Kaisal because they're Yidin, because they're weak, not because they're Yidin, but because they're perceived as being weak, and they could just have their honor trampled. Shimon Levi pick up a sword and say, and we're forced to, to, to will that Yedei Esav. We don't want to. This is not us. It's not who we are. Our strength and our power and our, comes from our moral superiority. But when that moral superiority is challenged, sometimes they have to pick up the Yedei Esav and they have to fight back. And it's a call which calls out, that calls out through the ages. Again, again, so I feel like I have to say this a hundred times, even though I hate saying caveats. 
But the idea of that we should pick up stores and start killing anyone that does anything to Yid, that's not what we're talking about here. And everything has to be done in Fakert. The fact that it was done, anger, it was done, Apam and Ebrasa, we'll talk about that in a second. That was the Yaakov Avinu was upset at them. Adyei Maisa is upset at them. But the spirit, that idea that sometimes, you know, in an ideal world, it's the Yedai Midei the Kail is the Kail Yaakov. The Kail Yisrael, when we're Yisrael, when we're a nation living as Yisrael, and we have power, then Enechanami, Enechanami, there's the Kail Kail Yaakov, right? everything comes from the Rebbe Yisrael, it comes from our, our, our loyalty to the Torah, and that's, that's how Kail Yisrael is supposed to live. The Ged Anasha, right? That's when he got the name Yisrael. That was not the physical stability that we're looking for. We're looking for the moral, the moral superiority. We're looking to be the better people, the right people doing the Ratzon Hashem. But sometimes when you're in a state of Yaakov, sometimes when we're trampled upon, sometimes when we're weak, and the non-Jews, the world around us, takes advantage of us because we're weak, and persecutes us, and comes out against us, and, 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 and defames our honor. The Nevala also be Yisrael. Lishka Vespas Yaakov. Sometimes, Shimon and Levi, you have to take up the sword under the right circumstances and say, So, practically, this, so, so let's, let's, let's turn to Berchus Yaakov now and, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll kind of bring it together. So, it's very interesting. Yaakov here is screaming at Ruvain, screams at Shimon and Levi, and then he starts talking about Yehuda. Right? So, what's happening here very clearly is, and we'll talk about this maybe more by Yechi, is that Yaakov is looking at his sons and he, before he gives them brachas, he wants, to, he wants to place the leader. Who's going to be the leader? Right? The first step in having a, a country and having a nation born from you is who's going to be the leader? So he turns to Reuven. Reuven, are you the leader? No, Reuven can't be the leader. Pachas Altaisar. Fine, you're done. Shimon Alevi, you can't be the leader. Finally, he comes to Yehuda. Okay, Yehuda's the leader. And then he continues the brachas to the rest. So in other words, it's not like, you know, Samazai, these are the only three kids that he had something bad to say. His point was, with regard to leadership, Ruvay was out Shimon Levi. What's the problem with Ruvay? was Shimon and Levi. So he says the following. Shimon and Levi, achim, klechamas mecheriseim. Right? Violence was the way that you got what you wanted. You acted with violence. Besaydam al nafshi. Don't bring, right, don't bring my will into your council. In other words, that, that, that Shimon and Levi should not have a seat at the table, right, and that the decisions that Kai Yisrael is making shouldn't be, shouldn't be motivated by this concept of the violence of Shimon and Levi. My honor, the honor of Kai Yisrael, that we should act in a, in a dignified way, should act in a respectful way. I don't want Shimon and Levi messing with that uh, with honor. With anger, they kill the person. What does that mean, Ritzayinam? This is also very interesting. Ritzayinam sounds like through, through Baratzayin, through like, they, they tricked them. What they do over here? They said, oh, do Rismila, we're going to be good friends, let's get along with us. That was Ritzayinam, through, you know, an act of Ratzayin, through an act of friendship. And Ikru Shah, they completely uprooted Shah is like a, Bechar Shari Hadalai, it's a strong people. They took a strong nation, like Shechem and Hamar. But Ritzayinam, through, you know, uh, tricking them and through speaking to them gently, Ikru Shah, they, they killed them. And that's something which Kai Yisrael cannot have. We cannot have, we cannot be motivated by violence. We cannot be motivated by anger, right? The people losing their minds and just doing things that are just senseless, you know, shooting up to Mars Pela. That's not the way he reacts. And terrible, terrible things happened during this, war, this terrible tkufa on, on, on Shemini Atzeres. But the answer isn't this ridiculous, you know, you know, uh, you know, reaction to, oh, let's just blow them up and blow them that's, that's not the way a Yid, that's not the, the that's not the Saidam of Hashem. The Saidam of Tavay Nafshi. I don't want that, that's not the way that, 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 that uh, the reaction of a yid it's done calculated it's done with seichel it's done and the idea of acting with trickery right and it's very interesting he says here that like 
something which would be completely unacceptable in a, in a, in a, in a country, somehow is okay when it comes to dealing with like, foreign powers. The idea of like, tricking and lying, and like spies and espionage, and all these things, when the government does these things, somehow it's like, okay. When the FBI starts lying and setting up, like these things, if you get you in jail, you do these things and everything, right? But somehow, when it comes to like, the national interest, it's okay to be completely you know, uh, duplicitous, and uh, you know, and, and, and it's like, that's not the way Klai Yisrael does. We don't become, the Tzaynam Ikrushar is a bad thing. The idea that you're going to trick, right, that makes you untrustworthy, and that's not the way Klai Yisrael accomplishes things, to duplicitous ends. Right, so it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting the hair. He says, he says, uh, he says, all other states and nations have adopted the principle that any act is legitimate as long as it serves the interests of the state. Acts of cunning and violence that would be punished by being ostracized and execution if practiced by an individual for selfish gains are rewarded with laurels and civic honors if they're committed for what's alleged to be the welfare of the state. Yeah, any act of violence, kill the enemy, you know, spy on them, lie to them, mess them over, that's fine, as long as you're doing it for the purpose. Right, the laws of morality apply only in private life, but in politics and diplomacy, uh, the self-interest, you know, who cares? You, know, you can do whatever you want, say whatever you want, say whatever, right? Here, by contrast, what Yaakov Avinu was saying is no. He says that cunning and violence, even if they're used for the nation's most legitimate interests, right? No, even a public life and the promotion of the common good, not only must the ends be pure, but the means as well, right? Don't ruin my honor. Yes, you're going to get the enemy through cunning. Okay, there are times in Navi where we do see cunning being used. So this is not here to make a Shulchan Aruch about the foreign policy of Klai Yisrael. But the idea that, 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 that Shimon and Levi, that the means to their ends... Well, what was the problem over here? That's, what's, that's what Yaakov is upset about. But the actual motivation, the that Yaakov never challenged. Their anger is cursed. Ur means that it shouldn't have continuity. Right? Their anger shouldn't be allowed to last. They have rasa, and again, a different type of anger, because it's very, very cruel. So I don't want their anger. But Yaakov says, and this is the key, which means the following. She's the following. Again, Yaakov refers always to Kaisal in a state of weakness. Yisrael always refers to Kaisal in a state of strength. Now, Achalkim and Afitzim are two different words for spreading, but there's a big difference, right? Afitzim means you want to spread something because you want to destroy, right? When you take something and crunch it up, right? That's Afitzim. You want to scatter the enemy so that they should be weak. That's Afitzim. Right, so when Klai Yisrael is in a state of Yisrael, we're in a state of strength, we need to take Shimon and Levi and scatter them so that they shouldn't be strong. We want to weaken Shimon and Levi when Klai Yisrael is in the state of Yisrael. Shevet Levi didn't have their own area. They were scattered throughout the Shvatim. Shimon also, very interestingly, was completely surrounded by Yehuda. Right? Shimon did not have his own region, but in Shevet Yehuda, if you look at the maps of the Chalukah Sa'aretz, Shimon was completely surrounded by Yehuda. So in other words, he was, he was kind of restricted and wasn't allowed to, you know, he couldn't even leave you know, to, to anywhere else without going through the border of Yehuda. Right? So we have to be afitzim, we have to weaken, because when Klai Yisrael is strong, and you have a Shimon and Levi there, with their, with their violence and with their anger, that's a very, very dangerous mix. When you have a country that's powerful and rich, and they're going to start using it towards, you know, towards ill-noble means, we have to be afitzim when Klai Yisrael is in the state of Yisrael. But biyakev, achalakim, doesn't mean to spread in order to weaken. It's spread means in order to distribute. Right? When you cut a piece of cake and give it out, you're not trying to weaken the cake, but you want everyone to have a piece. When Klai Yisrael is in a state of Yaakov, then Achalakim, 
We need that spirit of Shimon and Levi divided out. We need, when Kaisal said a week, we need to have that pride. We need to have that sense of We need to, we need, we're going to be persecuted and tortured and harassed and, and humiliated. And how are we going to survive? We need to have Shimon and Levi spread out. We need that message to be spread out by everyone. And, you know, you know we need it spread out you know, amongst, and, and the Gemara says that, right, Levim, they, the, they were the ones that became the Amari Haira, Shimon, the Seva Shimon, they were the ones who taught in the yeshivas, they were the ones, the Malamdin, but that spirit of giving Klai Yisrael a sense of pride, a sense, again, violence, sometimes it's called for, but again, that has to be done not through anger, it has to be done with, uh, again, if you go ahead and uh, you start rioting in America, you'll be done before you know it, right, you've got to be smart about it, and Yaakov Avinu was upset about the means, Right? But the idea that, 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 that there should be a time, that there should be a sense of the pride of Shimon HaLeim, <coughs> we need to have this spirit, we need to have the sense of the indignity of what happened. What you do afterwards, okay, but even just the sense of the, of the pride of Yaakov, that's, that's, what, that, that's, that's the lesson, that's the idea of Shimon HaLeim. So Shimon HaLeim, and again, Yaakov Avinu was upset about what they did because of the terrible danger that it posed. But Shimon Levi responded, a response that Yaakov had no answer to, which was, which, which translates sometimes to mean that sometimes you need to take the sword of Esau. Esau, we hope, eventually will adapt to Kel Yaakov, but sometimes, until that time, we're going to need to take the sword of Esau in our hands. Don't take things too far. Don't be motivated by anger and cunning. Right? And that's the problem. It's the fact that you acted with complete violence, killing innocent people that maybe didn't deserve it. Again, you know, the, the, the place can talk about what they did wrong, and dinim, and you know, they were over on this. Fine, that was a Shimon Levi held. Yaakov felt that that was too far. And we can't have that being the motivating factor, specifically when Kai Yisrael was in a sense of power. Specifically. But the idea of standing up for what's right, we see this by the Levim, by the Maisa Egel, Right? They didn't have Rachmanes, right? That they, they didn't care. They stood up for what was right, even if it meant committing violence against their own family members. This is the spirit of Levi. We're coming in now to Hanukkah. This was the spirit of Matas Yehuvanov. They saw that tremendous indignity, right? You read about it in the Megillah Santiyachis, where some uh, Yavani came with one of the Misyavnim, and he was, they didn't have the Zara right there, and it was boiled right there, in the, in the, right? And they stood up. What, what did Matas Yo? He killed the guy, and that began the whole war. And this is a family of Levim that had that sense that sometimes you have to fight back, right? I confirm they did fight back, Hanukkah, they didn't, all the Tyra. But the spirit of Levi, we need that spirit. When Kai is in a state, it can't be the motivating thing. And you know, listen, and, 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 and when the, uh, the Chashmah became the, the king, that was a problem, right? This is the Ramban, at least according to the Ramban. The Ramban says that this was an Aveir that they did, is that the Kehanim are not supposed to be the kings. Shevi Yehuda is the king because we need to have a certain quality of Malucha, and again, the fighting back is wonderful for the Neis Hanukkah, but afterwards, that's the Shevi Levi is not supposed to be. Violence and cunning are not the way that Kaisel should be led. When Kaisel is in a state of strength, we need to spread that out. We can't have that gain traction. We cannot be the motivating power. But in the state of Yaakov, and Kaisel is in a state of weakness, we have to divide it up. We need to have people that are always going to rise and raise the morale and the pride of the Jewish people. And no matter what they're going through, we're Klai Yisrael and we shouldn't tolerate evil. And sometimes taking the sort of Esav, but hopefully not, but even just the sense of pride, of telling Klai Yisrael who we are and, that, uh, and, and, and raising that dignity, that's what, that's what we need, the Shem and that's what the Pasha teaches us. All right, Shkai.